concerning. Welcome back to another episode of On the Break. Tonight we have the Doc Rivers edition. For the first half of this show, I'm going to look like a genius. And for the second half of the show, I'm going to look like a freaking idiot, just like Doc Rivers did for that for that series. So uh, Josh in the uh, studio here with Kyle Beats. How's it going, man? What's up, dude? Glad to be back. Been way too long since we talked. A lot of... Uh... A lot of crazy stuff has happened. This has been an insane playoff run. I love the uh, the trajectory with the episode, though, tonight, because a lot of that's on Doc, and we'll get to it. Um, but I, I definitely feel like not enough blame is probably going to go there. But, I mean, shit, last time we talked, we were in the middle of the first and second rounds. We, didn't, we haven't even talked about the Game 7s that happened, um, so a lot to cover tonight. And I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited on a couple of these series, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, definitely, dude. You, I mean, you got some. You got half of them right and half of them wrong, and I got half of them right, half of them wrong too. So we're both going to play up our big predictions that we got right and talk about how great we are, right? What What did I get wrong? Where the Clippers? Well, I guess that's true. Did you pick Denver? No, I picked I picked LA to win the championship. I picked a, I, I didn't pick Denver, but I mean, gotcha. I didn't, I didn't yeah, you're right. I did pick the Clippers as a hedge. That was an emotional hedge, though. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but uh, talk to talk to me. Let's talk about your uh, your thunder first, man. We got a lot to dive into, so let's just hop right into it. I don't understand what coach in their right mind. So let, let's talk game seven. We're down two, I think, or one, one of the two. We're taking the ball in side out, side out, and we run. And I want you to remember. Let's let's think about Houston's ultimate lineup. Houston is wing heavy, switchable wings one through five. They don't run any big men. They don't run any super smalls because Russ can switch, Harden can switch. Like all those guys can switch up one right. through four whenever they're whenever Harden and Russ are actually motivated and actually do want to play defense. Completely nothing but wings out there on the court. We decide that we're going to give the ball to the sophomore guard who's never been to the playoffs before. Actually, I take that back. He went back. La- he went last year. Who's never been in a game seven before to take the ball in out of bounds over their biggest player and make the make the most important pass of his life up into his career on a game seven with six seconds left on the clock. And in order to get him to inbound the ball, we're going to have Steven Adams just set picks for our guards. He's going to set a pick for Chris Paul, and then he's going to turn around and set a pick for – I can't even remember the other guard that he set a pick for. Dorton? What the, Dor- I don't even know who it was, but it, it doesn't matter because all that the Rockets have to do because they have five switchable rings out there is just switch the freaking pick. Right. Like it, people are people are mad because Donovan called this play and said, you should have just had Adams roll to the rim. Like all that, that was an easy backside roll, which is true. That's the most obvious thing. But that play call was horrendous from the beginning. Like – why would you ever put a sophomore guard in that position to inbound the ball in in a game seven? Like that's that's horrible coaching. Like you have to know you have to give it to a vet or have somebody else passing it in. Also, you have to know screen's not going to matter with six seconds left because they'll just switch the screen and you're not going to have anybody go to the rim free. Like it's yep. that was the worst out of bounds play call I may have 
ever seen ever in my life in such a big moment. Yeah, situationally fact, speaking. Sure, situationally yeah. speaking, it is the worst out-of-bounds play call I've ever seen. And Donovan deserved to be fired solely for that. Just for that. Yeah, and I mean, I agree. And the thing about putting in Shea's hands, regardless of you know if he is a sophomore or a vet, is that he he's not your best player, and he wasn't playing that well in that series. And Chris Paul, you know, has to be the guy, in my opinion, to take that shot or make that pass. And you look at him; it feels like every, I would say, two thirds of possessions now, when it comes down to the end of the game, like it did in the. Uh, uh, Heat and Celtics game last night, you know, Kimba didn't start dribbling until there was nine seconds left, right? And it seems like guys are just ISOing and taking step-back threes or really difficult shots. I'd rather Chris Paul take that really difficult shot than SGA give me a turnover, you know, or put yeah, it in a I position. Mean, I mean, it, it was He was throwing it in from out of bounds. So, like, yeah, but I get what you're saying. They were trying to get it to Chris Paul, but it was just the wrong play call to have Steven Adams doing doing picks. Because that, that ball was going to Lou Dort, right? So that's who was going to be taking yeah, I mean, the shot. Up, the, the, so the play was designed for Chris Paul, but it right. ended up going to Lou Dort, and they picked it off. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't want him taking the last shot of the game. I mean, oh, they were sure. leaving that dude wide open. Yeah, for sure. And really, I don't even know. I probably should have a better – I should have done a better job of thinking about what I would have done in that situation. But I was so pissed off that I was like, this is the stupidest play call. Um, but you So it was fair for Donovan to get fired? I mean, it was fair for him to get fired a couple of years ago. Sure. This and, is and, more excusable than the last two. Oh, for sure. And and to be – I I thought, okay, we have a bunch of young guys. Donovan has a history of making young guys great and just making them better. I thought that they fired him when it was Donovan's prime time. Like, I would have been okay with keeping him even after that stupid, horrendous play call and horrendous coaching job all around solely because he's a player's coach. He's a young guy developer, and he can develop skills, and that's what the NBA or what's that's the Thunder will need now, and what will they will need moving forward. He didn't need to be coaching Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and, the, and trying to get to the finals. That's not him. He's a young guy developer. That's what he did when he was in uh, Florida in college, and now was the time for him to actually prove what he was worth. But they got rid of him. So, um, I it, it's it's really hard to be championship pedigree NBA coach because not a whole lot of people actually have that championship like mentality and can take players that make significantly more than them have a significantly larger ego and make them better and mold them into the player that they need them to be inside of a system but also play outside of a system we'll talk about that more with the Clippers Doc Rivers is 100% a systems coach and nothing more um it's just a, it's just it's just darn near impossible. You have to have an yeah. outstanding coach. That doesn't mean that. And we we, I'm guilty of it too in saying that. Why do you keep hiring these guys that lose? Why why do we have such a horrible coaching carousel of a I guy? Think that that's why you in? bring in a guy like Steve Nash. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's because they're wanting to win a championship. And I think the Nets ownership is smart enough to say there's nobody on the coaching carousel that's a championship right. pedigree. If we were raising some other guys, yeah, we might hire a Tom Thibodeau because he might get some of their egos in check. Like maybe the best thing for Russell Westbrook when he was young would be to play under a Tom Thibodeau. We don't know. Right. Different coaches have different styles, those- and different coaches can do different things for you. Donovan's just not a championship team, and they hired a coach. They hired him to be a championship coach. And he, he's going to he, get a job because I mean, but those yeah. guys are available for a reason, you know, like the, the Thibodeaux and the 
uh, or like D'Antoni's and, and Donovan's because there's only a handful of maybe what five, six, seven, eight coaches in the league that really make that a huge difference and, and elevate a team. Yeah, Don- and Donovan's a rebuild coach. Like, if I'm entering a rebuild, I 100% want to go get Donovan because I know he's going to take my players, take care of my players. I know that he's not going to piss anybody off, and he's going to make my young guys better. Like, I, if I was rebuilding, love Donovan. But he shouldn't have been put in the situation that he was put in originally, which is one year left on Kevin Durant's contract, coming and win a championship with these guys with one year. Like, that's that doesn't happen. Even Phil Jackson didn't win his first uh, championship in year one with Jordan and Pippen. Like, it didn't happen, you know? So it's, Donovan it's, was put in a bad situation from the beginning, but I think that he, with him getting fired and if he goes to a rebuild, he could, he could be a good coach. Brett Bowen was a re- rebuild coach, not a championship coach. He could be that kind of guy. I think that's well said that, that being said, where's your optimism as a, you know, a, still an OKC fan can't be feeling that great about it. I mean, you got Chris Paul in the books for, Another year plus the option, which will probably pick up for you know forty five plus. You know Adams at, at twenty seven or whatever his number is is not looking great. I mean SGA had flashes of being really good this year. I think we're still both high on him, but he's not you know elevating to where it looks like he's going to be like a superstar or anything. I mean what what what's the optimism level there? Is it not very much? Uh, it's high. It's nine point five okay. out of ten because of the um, draft picks. Because of the draft picks. Because we okay. somehow managed to trade. Pack bags P for seven draft picks over the next seven Did years. Did you see that stat I sent you today that the Clippers traded more first round draft picks than Paul George had field goals in the game seven? I think I had four people send me that stat. So that's yes, absurd. I saw it multiple. That's insane, dude. I, I feel really good about it. Um, okay. What I have a concern about is, is the coach. And let's get more into this as we go on throughout the show because if we've seen nothing else in this playoffs, We've seen that the coach matters, like who you have coaching matters. They need to not hire a coach. And I don't think that they will hire a coach that comes in and tries to win a championship. I don't think that you hired D'Antoni. I don't think D'Antoni would take that job. I think that you need to go out and get a, a Billy Donovan. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad if they hired Scott Brooks. Do you oh think you would ever think you would ever hear that from me? Because we're not expecting to win over the next two to three years. Sure. You need to play. You need a coach to coach. Do what? Isn't Donovan your guy at that point? Isn't he the rebuild coach you just said he was? Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, one hundred percent, is the rebuild coach that I that I said he was. But they already they already Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan. Yeah, yeah, and they are. They already said that they were parting ways. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I don't think you're so, going to be able to track like a. You know, a big name coach, but who's available that's really a big name coach? I mean, it's not going to be whoever the hire is. You're probably not going to love it unless it's something really unique like the Steve Nash hire. Uh, but I agree. I think you guys are in a better place than a lot of fans or media may give you credit for because the roster is not great, but the roster will be solid in, in s- several years. I would love to pull an assistant coach. I would love to pull a dude. Honestly, he won't take this job, but Tyloo would be fantastic. Like, I don't think that Ty Lue is a championship coach. I think he was gifted a championship by LeBron James. I think that Ty Lue is a player's coach. Um, yeah, for sure. Would, you need to go out and get a player's coach because you don't have a Russell Westbrook who you need to break. Like, you don't have somebody like that who you need to say, I'm going to sit your ass until you start stop turning the ball over. You don't have anybody like that. I think all the guys that they have now are really humble and want to do right. All you need to do is go out and find a coach that is going to – create an environment where those guys can make each other better. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point. So, so I, I wouldn't mind Ty Lue. 
I wouldn't mind Scott Brooks. And dude, these are these are all coaches that I've historically not liked at yeah. all because they've been put in the wrong so- spot. I wouldn't mind. Ty but Luke. for the situation you're in, you think it's Scott a good Brooks. fit? I would go after Bud. Too oh, wow. Well, he might he I'm, might be there. Yeah, Bud exactly. Bud would be fantastic. He's a players coach, and he creates systems too. The best thing that you can do for a young player that comes in the NBA that has huge amounts of talent is teach them to work inside of a system. And regardless of whether that system is there, whenever they they turn into being championships or not, if you can teach them to be a part of a system and that they're greater as part of a system than they are by themselves, when they're young, like you turn you get a LeBron James, you get those players that will do whatever it takes to win. And Bud historically is great at that. All we need to do is is show these guys, give these guys a taste of winning the regular season. That's all we need. Yeah, and they got a little taste this year. So I I think you're right for being optimistic, even though a lot of people would probably see it the other way. Um, so Houston advances in that series. They win by two. Let's go ahead and let's, let's talk about, let's just talk about Houston and LA and then we'll go over to the other side of the West. Um, so Houston gets by, I think that should have been an indicator that they had a two point win in a game seven where they barely got over a hundred points that this LA series wasn't going to go very well. I was not optimistic, uh, with Houston's chances. I thought LA in five or six, um, come out game one. And I start feeling a little bit more nervous because I thought they were going to be gassed in that game one. I think they were just flying high on the energy and the emotions and made a lot of shots. L.A. played really bad, just like they played really bad in game one of the Portland series. And then they just took care of business from there. And, I mean, we can talk about, you know, Houston. We can talk about L.A., you know, that's, that's fine. But, I mean, Houston is at a, at a point here where it's like we got to decide what we're going to do, right? Um, you know, are they going to keep Daryl Morey as the GM? Are they going to try to keep doing the small ball? Are they going to actually get a big, even though they just got rid of Capella, you know, you can't do anything with Westbrook, unfortunately. So it's like, do these guys still want to play together? I mean, not great body language and and I would say team chemistry in that series. Um, even though I think Russ and Harden are probably still fine as friends, but I just don't know where you go. I, I think you're at a, deci- a point where you got to decide, like, do we just blow this up and try something else? But we've been saying that for two or three years. Um, it was more justifiable to keep it going, though, after you go to a game seven in the Western Conference Finals against you know, one of the greatest teams of all time. When you get bounced in the second round, the way they got bounced, the way they lost some of those games, I think that that tells you it's time to do something different. Yeah, they, they got obliterated in some of those games. And let me let me address Houston before we go back and address the Lakers. Right. Um, they went chips all in on Mike D'Antoni. And they let him do because you can't you cannot convince me that Daryl Morey said, hey, let's trade Clint Capella. What no. did happen was Mike D'Antoni said, I, I want small ball. Let's get rid of Clint Capella. And they said, OK, we're going to give you all your guys to go win a championship. And then Mike D'Antoni didn't get it done. And then he said, I'm leaving. Mike D'Antoni screwed that city and that franchise for the next five to ten years, at least like it's over. No, there's not another system that you can bring in there's not another coach with another system unless you pull a steve kerr out of your ass there's not another one that can win a championship with those guys and to be fair dan tony can't either there's not another one that can create a system that even looks like it win a championship with those guys they don't have draft picks they give them no okc yep they don't have any value on that team austin rivers is the only valuable piece that they have on that team Obviously, there's value in Harden, but that's still a supermax contract. Like, there's no parity value on that team. 
Um, you're paying Russell Westbrook way too much. That's a completely unmovable piece for the next unmovable years. contract. Unmovable. Nobody else will take that, especially the way that he performed. He shot so poorly. Like I love Russ, but I'm just off of him right now. Like his game is terrible right now. Yeah. It's, I, his defense is lackadaisical at best. He's just out there jawing and bitching at people, and he's not hitting any jump shots. And like he still does some athletic stuff and gets to the rim, but he smokes a lot of the layups. It's just like right. LeBron just swatted his shit to hell and back four or five times, where it's like. You don't have that same pop, you know, when 35-year-old LeBron's chasing you down like that. That doesn't happen to peak Westbrook, right? So it's just when the athleticism's gone, the effort is definitely not where it needs to be, and that's part of his game. It's just oh, – it's it's hard to watch, dude. Houston's one of the most unwatchable teams. Yeah, and what's, what's the peak for an old great point guard? The cerebral coach of the players around him person. And, and I, I haven't seen any of that from Russell Westbrook. He hasn't yeah. been cerebral. He hasn't been making other players better around them. And I've said this for since we've been on the show for years that Westbrook doesn't make players around them better. He inflates their stats. He doesn't look for he doesn't Which look can for be rhythm. easily misconstrued. Like right, you right, can right. Easily get those two things confused. Right, and let me like let me explain that he doesn't look for rhythms he doesn't ever defer to people or say you need to be high you need to be great you need to be great right now what he does is he creates himself and then get dumps it to somebody else and they get a dunk some people will say he's making players better around him because he's averaging 10 assists a game but really he's just inflating their stats um he's just making them score better he's not making them better he's just allowing it allowing them to be able to score if that yeah yeah i I think it does and i mean you know the (sighs) The Rockets got some guys. Like I like Covington. I like Tucker. I think they're both really good defensive players. Covington was fantastic um, in this series and in these playoffs. Um, and I think they both, him and PJ Tucker and House, have some dog in them. But at the end of the day, you're still going to feed off your leader's energy. And Harden and Westbrook don't have. You could call it killer instinct, but it's not even killer instinct. It's like they're not 110 percent in it. Like regardless of the result, Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron, they're not in it like those guys are. They don't play with that tenacity. Um, Westbrook typically does, but he did not in this series, and his energy was terrible. He's arguing with fucking Rondo's brother and just not giving a shit on defense and you know walking to the bench kind of slump shoulders. He makes one shot, and then he starts talking all this shit, and it's like, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's just so dysfunctional. I'm so over it, um, and I've been more supportive of Houston than – Definitely than Justin, and maybe even more so than you. But it's just, you got to blow it up at this point. But I don't know if you you really can blow it up unless you you can trade Harden. Like that's obviously yep. a movable contract. But I don't think I don't think you do that because if you still want to sell tickets and you know be relevant, and you're still going to make the playoffs with those two. Yeah, I I don't know what could happen because you're exactly right. If you make the playoffs, that's millions upon millions of dollars more revenue than if you win 30 games, regardless of whether you're tanking or not. Um, even if you make the second or are out in the first round of the playoffs. That's why OKC originally got rid of Harden is because they said, we're a small market team. We just want to stay relevant. We'll keep these two guys and not win any championships and just continue to print money. Um, but I digress. That was me being salty again. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't – I would – you trade Harden, maybe get a young promising guy um, and a bad contract, eat the ba- bad contract, and then you sit through two more Couple years – yeah, and then you see a couple picks, right? And then you sit through two more years of Westbrook's contract in a third year. You wave and stretch him where you say, 
we're going to waive this guy and we're taking his last year of his pay and we're stretching it over three years. Um, or depending upon where you're at, you might just eat the contract for that one year. But ultimately, that's just a contract that you have to eat. Um, without Mike D'Antoni there, you have to go into – I think that you have to go into complete rebuild. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, you just can't outshoot teams in the playoffs unless you're going to shoot an astronomical rate. Like they made 22 threes in game two. 22 for 52. That's over 41%. That's good. They lost by eight. And the Lakers only made 12 threes, right? It's just like – you have to be able to do a little bit more. You have to be able to get stops and have more creative of an offense because, you know, those their field goal percentage numbers weren't terrible. It's just it was so predictable in crucial moments that you're just not able to get buckets as easily as, you know, a LeBron di- uh, driving kick or a AD pick and roll or just AD post ISO. Like that, that's you have more variety there. So I, I don't know what you do. Um, I don't think they move hard at all. I mean, you can sign a big. Um, and going into like in cra- crazy super luxury tax, but I don't know. I mean, are there any marquee bigs really free agents this year? Not, not really. So it's going to be tough. Um, when I saw the Lakers that series, I feel pretty confident in. Um, if they were playing the Clippers, I don't know if I'd feel as confident. But I, I think I've seen enough from AD now to be like, okay, he's he's locked in. I can trust him to get me, you know, thirty five out of seven games and I can trust him to not be scared to take the shot. Um, LeBron is playing, you know, ultimately close to close to his peak. Probably like he's playing great defense, which is surprising when he wants to Um, obviously reading the court. Well, but I think guys are starting to settle in a little bit and uh, buy in. Uh, So I think it's going to obviously be Kuz. It's going to be KCP. It's going to be Danny green. I think those are probably the three guys that are going to need to step up the most. Um, if they want to win a championship in this Clippers series coming or in this uh, Nuggets series coming up, though, they're going to need there's going to be more Dwight involved with Jokic on there. Um, yeah, but he'll get a healthy servant of AD, which is going to be more challenging than what he faced. But I don't know what do you what do you see out of the Lakers? I feel pretty good. Their three point shooting um, has been really really bad for the most part. They had a couple good games in that Houston series, but I feel like the team's just settling in a little bit more, and they have they have some swagger and some confidence, but they haven't really been punched in the mouth yet a couple game one losses but that's it agreed and let me say before i before i go to go to that if you don't mind let me say one more thing about the rockets absolutely if the rockets couldn't win this year we've seen them three years in a row try -hmm. to outshoot people because they looked at what the warriors were doing and said we can do that as a matter of fact we can build a team to do that and three years in a row they've lost on that if they didn't win this year which they didn't never ever going to happen let me tell you why i said from the moment that they talked about the bubble and they showed us the courts that people will shoot the lights out in those courts. Cause it's different in the bubble. Utah averaged an offensive rating of 131 Utah bottom, bottom 15 team averaged what would have been a record all time for offensive rating and missing one of their best offensive players, missing one of their best offensive players too. effective field goal percentage in the bubble is at 47%. Last year was at 42% in the playoffs. The year before that, it was at 40. The year before that, it was at 44, 40, 40. Okay, so about 42% higher. average. Yeah, so at least 5% over average, which is a big deal. Right. Unguarded shots in the bubble are at 60%. Catch and wow. shoot are at 55%. Um, and guarded shots, guarded shots, bro, are at 50%. Last year, those numbers were 53, 50, 44 year before that 59 54 47 like if you didn't do it this year 
shooting is not the way to go. Like the so in this three point revolution, teams the Houston Rockets got lost inside of the three point revolution. They tried to to be too progressive, and Justin has said this before. They've gotten to the point where they're boring. I think Justin subconsciously was showing him something that you and I maybe did not see. But it wasn't just that they were boring. It's that the system doesn't work in the playoffs. If it didn't work this exactly. year, you can't over-advance it. Like, what? here's what happened. The Houston Rockets saw Tesla go up 1,000% in a year, and then they jumped on the high and then watched it go down 40%. Right. Like they said, this is the this is, we've, we've watched what the Warriors are going to do. We're going to go all in on this and go all, all in on their game style. It didn't work for them because they didn't have an all-time, a top 10 or top 15 all-time player in Steph Curry, another top 15 all-time player in Kevin Durant, maybe the best D and three guy we've ever seen in our lives in Clay Thompson. Like they just don't have the guys. And then also one of the uh, two time defensive player of the year in Draymond green, At, but they thought that they could do it better than those guys. And it, it just didn't happen. So um, I, I say all that to say, don't ride the, ride the wave too far, which is what Houston did. They, rode that wave much further than they needed to. And they're going to be dogs for the next five to 10 years because of it. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, in this NBA, you need shooters, you need three point specialists, you need D and three guys, but you don't have to, you don't have to load up your t- whole team with six, six versions of that. Right. So right. Uh, I think that, I think that's a learned lesson that you don't want to go too far away from the roots of what makes you a good team or a championship caliber team. So um, talk to me about what you're seeing out of these Lakers though. I, I mean, they're still my favorites to win it. I think, or in, in, at the beginning of the year, I said Lakers, Bucks, Finals, Lakers winning it. Nothing has changed except for the Bucks in the Finals, for me. Um, I can't. So I've also said this for three rounds, for two rounds in a row, but I, I don't see the Nuggets winning. I, I can't. I can't see it. I think that the Nuggets will a game or the series. The series, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that they might pick up one or, or I think that they might pick up two. I can't imagine them winning three. Um, the Nuggets outcoached the Clippers. I'll get back to that later. But the Lakers have Anthony Davis. You're not you're not going to have to double double Jokic with Anthony Davis. Um, exactly. As long as he's they were willing- doubling every time, they were doubling every time. We still need to talk about Denver. So. Um, I, I want to d- dive into that. But, yeah, you're not going to double Jokic because AD can handle him one-on-one. Also, so can Dwight Howard and so can JaVale McGee. Yep. Can all do significantly better on Jokic than any of those guys. You're exactly right. We didn't see Dwight Howard at all this last series because Frank Vogel is a good coach, and he actually makes adjustments. We And look at look at what's happened in, the, in this NBA playoffs. The teams that don't make adjust- adjustments – had the highest amount of talent. The teams that had don't make adjustments, the Milwaukee Bucks, arguably the most star power in the Eastern Conference. The Clippers, the second most star power, most talent top to bottom in the entire league. Um, who, who's my other one? Uh, Clippers, Bucks, Lakers? Yeah, mine just went blank. Um, but uh, those are those are my two my two big ones. They lost because their clo- coaches absolutely refused to. Oh, Rockets! Sorry, Rockets. D'Antoni never Thunder. made adjustments either. Pick your poison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that and I mean Bud is the king of that to me. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But so Vogel makes adjustments, and that for me is one hundred percent going to be the difference between why Denver won't be able to outcoach the Lakers. 
we may even see a couple of a couple of what we're seeing with the heat where Spolstra makes an adjustment and then Brad Stevens makes an adjustment and then Spolstra makes an adjustments and we're changing the way that we go at stuff after timeouts. Like we may see that. And those, those to me are exciting. Like whenever you get to see two marquee coaches go up against each other, two of the best coaches in the league go up against each other and they're throwing out different looks every single time down the court, like that excites me. And we may see that between Vogel and, and Malone. Cause Dude, I think that Malone is a marquee coach at this point. Yeah, um, I was kind of shitting on Malone a few a few episodes back, and again, I think I'm gonna have to eat some crow there. Um, but I, I I think Jokic passed there. Just his passing is what won that series, and Jamal just going apeshit in the second in the second quarter last night and at the end of the game. I mean, he hits that dude makes some of the most difficult shots in the NBA. Jokic. It, Blows my fucking mind every time that I remember he is 22 years old. Not 25, he's 22. Let's play a game. <laughs> Mitchell, Booker, and Murray. Who are you taking? Starting a franchise or adding them to a current roster? Yes. Um, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Because I, I think his defensive, uh, his defensive ability is significantly higher than both and his effort is better than both he's a better passer um he's obviously the worst shooter maybe worse scorer but it's still a good score those are yeah you know two of the best young scores in the league i think i would have murray second though if i i i would too dude and i'm i'm okay with the mitchell pick i probably would take murray more i've liked of those three guys they've always been pseudo comparable in my mind and i've always said i don't know why but i like murray the most even when he was underperforming but I, I, I like Murray the most now, but if I would have t- if you would have come to me at the beginning of this year and said at the end of this year, Murray and Mitchell will be better than Booker, and you and, and Booker won't even be the same conversation of them. I would have thought you were crazy, but I think that that's where we're at, dude. Because no, like, he's in there. He's in that conversation because he's such a better scorer. I mean, dude dropped seventy one in a game. He averaged more points. I don't he's think doing he is, it on dude. an irrelevant team. I mean, he's averaged more points every season. Like season, if you take his first season, Jamal's first season, second season, second season, he's averaged more. Um, his, so his career average is significantly higher. He's had so many bigger games. He's never done in the playoffs, which Jamal has now, but Jamal has shit the bed a lot. So my defense for my Mitchell pick, aside from everything I said about a skill set, is that you know his rookie year he beat OKC in the playoffs. Like that dude is a, that dude's a gamer. He scored what fifty twice. Yeah, this in the first round. Yeah, but yeah. So, so I mean. Murray. Right, but Murray shit the bed, and Mitchell's never has. Like Mitchell's performed in all of the playoff games he's been in for the most part. He's had a couple of couple of off ones, but if you look at their playoff career numbers, significantly better for Mitchell. Yeah, and that's that's fair. Like Mur- this was, I'm not going to say that it's coming out party. Previously, but let's not let's not Siakam him here, where we said this last year, and then he comes out firing this year, and I'm like, this is a top ten guy, and now I'm like, is he a top thirty guy? I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll see. There's we can't really do much about about that right now you know but all we can do is see what we've seen previously what we see now and then try and project this future we don't know but i what i mean is and i said this like previously i was thinking i like murray even though i know that he's not as good as either of those guys right now but i like him the most and i don't, I don't know why dude i was talking to my buddy about this this today i had i have no idea why maybe it was just because i watched him more and i felt more comfortable with him maybe it was the mirrors effect but I would still take Murray over both those guys right now because, dude, like he did it against Utah, who is Mitchell on him, who's a significantly better defender than Murray is. 
Um, they switched with uh, they switched to Royce as well, and then he was also being guarded by Connolly. Dropped fifty points on them twice. Like those are not yeah. slash defenders. And then he just did it to Kawhi, Pat Bev, playoff P. He just did it to them too. Like, yeah, man, I don't know he, who you put on just, him for the Lakers. Thinking about that out loud, maybe KCP. It's probably the best physical matchup for him. I mean, I would put LeBron on him. Yeah, you got to get some LeBron, but God, that's going to wear LeBron the fuck out. It, it will. It will. Um, and, and and his step backs, like, you can't do much there. I mean, like, can't do anything he there. step backs at such a difficult speed. It's it it's very quick, and his feet are very low off the ground, so it's, it's very quick, but it's also a lot of distance. It's like Luca Harden-level distance, but he can do it backwards and, side to, and to the side and at a 45-degree angle. That dude can do it at any angle, which makes it insane because he can be dribbling – and hit a step back at like a 70 degree angle. It's just awkward where most guys have to be not driving. They can be dribbling, but not driving. Excuse me. I'm saying he can drive and take an awkward angle and take a weird fadeaway where most guys, their step back, even Luca or Harden is going to be doing a crossover isolation standstill dribble and then stepping back pretty much directly backwards. And it's, it's what Murray's doing is highly skilled. It is, I, I dare to say it in the, at least in the arena, not quite, but it's in the arena of Steph Curry. Yeah, dude, I would I would agree with that. And and we saw that last night on that one three that he shot that would it looked like it didn't even touch net, dude. It had so much arc on it. When he released it, he stepped to the it was a step back to the right, which means that he's not only taking a step step back to the left, you just shoot over your shoulder, right? If you take a step back to the right, you have to twist your entire body and loft it up over. The defender was all over him, and it went up and almost hit the rafters and just didn't even hit net. When he released it, I was like, what a stupid shot. And he drilled it, bro. Um, But, and the other thing about him is he can finish at the rim. He's a slithery finisher. He's not an above-the-rim player. He's a slithery finisher. He has floaters, as good of a floater game in the NBA as anybody that I've seen. Like, he has floaters from every angle, from everywhere, all over the place. He has a pull-up mid-range game, which is very rare these days. He's one of the best scorers in the NBA if he continues on what he's doing in the playoffs. Like, playoff Murray may be the best scorer in the NBA. Not Am I sure. crazy to Not say sure. that? Not sure. Yeah, you're crazy who, to say that. You, I, was, I mean, but here's the thing. He who got would you put over playoff points. Murray? Who has scored better you. in the playoffs than him? I think Donovan Mitchell over him in the playoffs. Just go right back to my answer. Yeah, I mean, he was he was averaging right now. He was averaging more points. Uh, that's not because he's he's a, a worse team. He doesn't have Nikola Jokic. If you switch switch them, it's it's a different conversation. I think Donovan Mitchell to end that conversation has a better chance of being an MVP one day. I guess that would be my my argument. Um, I do I do think that Murray's in the conversation for playoffs right now. But he scored 17 in Game Seven of Denver Utah, which we don't even need to talk about that game. It was 80 to 78. It was fucking terrible. It was almost unwatchable. I'm glad Denver got got through it though because I thought they were the better team and I wanted to see them face the Clippers because I knew Jokic would be an issue at seven feet because they don't. You know, Zubac and Trez yeah. isn't going to get it. Isn't going to get it done. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I would say. Because when I say who's the best playoff score in the NBA, right, I look at it and say who can I trust in a seven-game series to get me 25 seven times? Who? That's not Jamal Murray. Who? Who that's, is left in the NBA that you can say that about? Like LeBron. That's left in these four games. Yeah, I would say LeBron and AD. I can trust AD to give me 25 yeah. in every game. I, I, I trust. I trust Murray to do it. I would put Murray on that list. But he has it. He's scored under 25 like four times this playoffs. Like you can't be that up. And oh, down. you're not talking about average. 
You're talking about those like every single. I'm talking game. about I need 25 every night because that because you're not gonna you're not gonna win on average, right? Harden Harden gets the average, but he was terrible in some of those games. Like that, there was game four of that Lakers series. He was like two for 12 with three minutes left in the fourth. Like I can't be having shit like that. Like I need to know this guy's gonna give me 25, and Murray's not there yet. Jokic isn't either, but that, he does so much else um, for his team and, and creates enough offense with his passing. That's what um, I will say. If you told me to choose between Jokic and Murray, it would be Jokic. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And can we transition in the Clippers? Because I think you just segued it pretty well. Yeah, I'm done with that 80 to 78 game. Go ahead. Yeah, um, that is the difference. And we, dude, I am loving this because we've said from the very beginning, I specifically have said, I don't trust this Clippers team because there's two question marks, and these two question marks are big. Who's going to protect the rim, and who's going to pass for them? And That's look the two at what things they couldn't do in the fourth quarter. For, yep, that, look at what happened for the last three games. Is Kawhi made had two points in the second half. But I don't even know what Paul George had. Kawhi went one for 11 in the second half. He had one off the backboard shot. I know that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was ugly. I mean, um, but the reason why that happened is because all they have is a system, and once a team figures out your system and you don't have playmakers that can play outside your system, it's over. They just put their best defenders on you, and they wait for that system to happen, and then they jump the they jump passing lanes. That one pass that Kawhi was at the top of the key, and he looked up, Jokic knew exactly where it goes. Dude, Jokic isn't even a good defender. All he had to do was stick his arms up, and he took Not it from him, and they went and put the nail in the coffin on the other end. It's because they fi- Mike Malone figured out their system over a period of seven games and they didn't have anybody that can play outside that system and create for other people. Okay, going to be a different animal here coming up, but uh, yeah. So I, I think we, we both hit that really early in the season that, Hey, there's not a true creator here. Paul George is a nice. So player for the most part, Kawhi got better this year for sure. Like he was yeah. making guys better. He had some good passes, but he's, that's not his game. Ultimately, that's not who he's going to, you know, be in the fourth quarter of a game seven and i'm not gonna kill Kawhi too much here um i wanted to last night i was just shitting on every everybody that loves Kawhi and hates lebron because lebron would have been crucified for that performance he would have never lived it down um Kawhi's just not going to take that level of uh that level of uh of criticism we don't hold him to the same standard even though if he's considered the best player in the world we should um that being said a lot more of this is on paul because Kawhi was pretty good throughout that whole series. He had 13 in game five, uh, fourth quarter. He had nine in the fourth quarter of game six. Um, shots didn't fall last night. I think he was like six for 23 from the field or something like that. I mean, it was ugly. Shots didn't fall. He didn't get the calls he wanted in the fourth quarter. You know, his hands were going up after every shot. Uh, but, yeah, nobody which nobody Kawhi created. Yeah, which he doesn't do, right? But he was right. frustrated. I mean, him and Paul George, I mean, their percentages last night were just atrocious. Um, and you're going to lose games when that happens. But it, if they would have had a true point guard to facilitate or create, um, I think it would have made things a little bit easier because they would have got some better shots because they were not getting quality shots at the end of that game. And, it, like, for some reason it's just stuck in my head. It felt like they had 76 points forever. Like, I felt like they were on that number for, like, five minutes straight. They were struggling. They were. They, field goal. Score. they didn't score until four minutes left in the fourth quarter. The entire team didn't. That's wild, man. Um, so, I mean – you know, we could talk about the series where, I mean, at 3-1, you know, I, I'm, I was out of the lake house, and I'm, I'm t- telling myself there's no way the Clippers lose this series. Like, I would have bet my, my life savings on that when it was 3-1 that the Clippers would finish that series. I would have, too. I would have, too. And I, I, I've been 
I've never once said I thought that the Clippers were anywhere close to a favorite. Like I thought, I thought it was Lakers Bucks all year long, and then and then probably Clippers three. But I would have too, dude. Like they looked good in those first four games, even though they lost one, they looked good. Um, I they did look last more though. than even Paul George. This go. This is on Doc. Doc should take the most blame. It should be Doc, Paul, and then Kawhi. Yeah. Um, and maybe Lou, man. Lou, Lou was very – you can't expect too much out of a role player, but he was so um, – just he, – he didn't look like he wanted to take those shots in the fourth quarter of any of those games. I think what happened is they voted to stop the playoffs, and they were like, we'll, we'll stop it for ourselves just by losing <laughs> four in a row. But uh, – sorry. Um, I – you can't. So you're exactly right. The whole team looked lackadaisical for the last four games. They didn't really change any game plans. They, they just kept losing on the same game plan until game seven. And then they said, okay, we're going to double Jokic. And he had four assists in the first quarter. Yep. And they didn't change, dude. Doc said, keep, yeah, go keep ahead. Doubling keep, Jokic. Du- keep doubling the greatest passing big of all time. Yeah, and like that, me and you could make a cut there and get get a good look, dude. For real, and and me and you could both say, "Stop doubling fucking Jokic!" Like, let him score on us, dude. He's <laughs> right. not going to drop fifty on us. It's Jokic, right. right? Yeah, I mean, he's a good scorer, but he's not a great scorer. Like, I'll let him right. take post shots over Zubac all day. I'm making, dude. I'm making Jokic beat me on the scoring side if I if I can. And I think that that's what will happen with the Lakers. You just stick Anthony Davis. They have three big bodies that are big, athletic, good defensive bodies. JaVale's got a sprained ankle, though. So he's not Jokic. 100 or even ready to go, I don't think. JaVale? That's still better than, yeah. a, than a 100% Montrez Harrell on Jokic. But um, and I, that think, was, I think AD and, and uh, Dwight is enough. And quite frankly, if you really want to, you can put LeBron on him. Oh, yeah. And he'll do he's better than up three inches, there. but – they they were also they were after the first four games I don't know why but they stopped putting Kawhi on Jokic I I, I wonder if Kawhi got tired dude here he probably Kawhi got tired is, of getting his body banged like that by such a big guy but he's strong enough to do it dude Kawhi is greatly overrated underrated excuse me on his strength yeah on his strength for sure I, the dude's twenty six years old six years younger than LeBron and is okay your Kawhi do what. Kawhi. Jokic? He's 26? Yeah, I think he's... Uh, no, Kawhi's got to be older than that. I think he's got to be 28, 29. But he's... I mean, he's in, in his prime. Is, I mean, is 29 years old, at? right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, I did my math wrong. He's six years younger than, than LeBron at 29 years old. Okay. And he's sitting out 30 games a season. Not great. And then saying, I can't guard this guy to win a series seven games because I'm sick of them beating on me. It's it's not like you're the only scorer on that team. If anything, that entire team from top to bottom can score. Like, your one job there, Kawhi, is to stop Jokic. That should have been your one job throughout the entire series. And there is a 0% chance that if you put LeBron in that situation and said, you can't score, you can't, you can't do anything else, we just need you to stop Jokic, that he wouldn't take that the entire series long. Like, yeah, I we, agree. We're looking at a player here who's never won a regular season MVP because he sits out too much. He won two finals MVPs, one of which was gifted to him because the Spurs was, Spurs was a significantly better team, and he happened to guard LeBron. And then the other one was, dude, 
that Raptors team took probably the Eastern Conference Finals to seven games, and they played them tough, dude. And that's with Siakam shitting the bed. Like, that was a good Raptors team. I would dare say that that team without Kawhi on it is significantly better than the than the Rat or than the Clippers without Kawhi on it. He got a oh, Finals yeah. MVP oh, on did. that team because he's the best player on that team. But dude, that was a fantastic team. And Nick Nurse is a thousand times the coach that Doc Rivers is as well. Um, yep. I I just don't get the and, and you had Kawhi in your top thirty. You had him high in your top thirty. He is he is there though. I I I don't think he is. I he might I, be the best two way player of all time. That's my argument. No way. Behind no way. Jordan, there's zero percent chance he's. If you say he's the best on ball defender and the best scorer combined, that's fine. But he's not the best two way player. Two way for me, he's means, the best on ball defender and shooter probably. Clay's close because he's a better shooter, but Kawhi's a damn good shooter. He is. Um, like his mid range game is nice. But what happened like, yesterday though? When I don't know Kawhi how I'm in a position where. Defending Kawhi now, right? Look at what happened yesterday. It was because of your horrible uh, top thirty team. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, I, you had I, him in I your top thirty too. Back in my top ten, yeah, Kawhi in there. Did but I have not Kawhi at, I, top thirty? Yeah, you I did. But I, did. I, I had him at twenty one. I had him the highest. Yeah, you definitely had him the highest. I might have had him at twenty nine or something. Which I'm dropping him out. But <laughs> and like we can we can say this is premature after one so loss. John Stockton's a better player than Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I did have him as higher, and he was a better player, and he is a better player than Kawhi Leonard. Um, but look know. at what Kawhi did last night when the ball wasn't dropping for dropping for him. And then go back and look at Game Six of the 2009 Finals, and look at what Kobe did when the ball wasn't dropping for him. He had 19 boards, and they still won. I mean, game. you're preaching to the choir here, dude. Like, like last night, told me Kawhi, LeBron James is the best player in the world. Right when Kawhi can't score. It's over, which doesn't happen often, to be fair, but he doesn't make the people around him better. Like, you can increase your assists all day long, but he doesn't make the players around him any better. He happened to be on two teams that won finals championships because he had the greatest, well, one of the two greatest teammates of all time between Tim Duncan and Steph Curry. He had Tim Duncan on his team, as well as two other Hall of Famers, and he was the young up-and-comer that guarded LeBron, and he played out of his mind in that series. He did a good job. LeBron obliterated him. He got a finals MVP for it. It should have been Tim Duncan. And then he went to another team that has the best pseudo-weird superstar role player in the league, in Kyle Lowry, who does everything, who leads, dude, a point guard leads the league in, in charges. Point guards aren't supposed to be yeah. helping underneath the rim, bro. Like, yeah, Kyle Lowry insane. flops a lot, though. I'm not a, uh, don't get me started on him. He's a fantastic defender, and and plus they have, they were super long throughout that. Like that that team is just stacked. They just needed one score, and so what I mean is. All Kawhi had to do do was go in and score. He didn't even have to play defense if he didn't want to. All he had to do was go in and score. In this situation, the Clippers, where he had to do more than score, he couldn't score, and they lost. And they lost four in a row. Three in a row, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the unbelievable thing. Is I just didn't think that team was going to get beat three times in a row by anybody, including the Lakers. So... And I thought it was interesting in the post-game interviews that they talked about, you know, it wasn't championship or bust for us this year. Like, really? I mean, I would have assumed it was championship or bust when you 
you know, go out, recruit each other. And I mean, it's Kawhi Leonard, it's Paul George. This team made the playoffs already last year without these two guys. How is that not championship or bust? That was a that's a convenient lie. thing I mean, to was, say. Yeah, yeah it was, it was exactly. Just lie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's trash. Yeah, that's horrible. So, uh, so Nuggets Lakers. I just real quickly want to give you odds with with what we have for them to win the finals. Lakers minus two hundred to win the finals. Nuggets plus nine hundred. They have the worst odds. Do you see the Nuggets winning two games? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do I see? Do I predict it? No. Do I see it? Sure. Um, as a matter of fact, I wouldn't be shocked. I would be surprised, not shocked, if the Nuggets won this series. Hmm. Not because what's more, like, what's more likely? What's more likely? Lakers sweep or Nuggets win? Nuggets win. Wow. Okay. Not because I think they're the better team, but I think they're the hotter team. Yeah, that scares me too. But I, I think when push comes to shove, like LeBron and AD do over Jokic and, and, and Murray, so I'm gonna go Lakers in six on that. Um, Javel is, is 100 is gonna be ready to go for the series. So you got three bodies, four really to throw at. Um, I mean, shit, you can even throw Keith, Markeith at him. You got a lot of bodies. You got big dudes on the Lakers. So I feel good about the Jokic um, not having to double him to allow. He's still going to pass great, right? But let's let us let him beat us scoring. Uh, yeah. More worried about the Jamal Murray matchup. Uh, but I do think the, the Nuggets have played terrific transition defense um, the last few games against the Clippers. I think it's going to be an issue against the Lakers when LeBron's coming downhill. Because um, who are you coming at him with? Torrey Craig or, you know, yeah. Gary Harris? Like, no way. Like, you got to put. Paul Millsap's probably too slow at this point in his career. What I would consider doing if I was Vogel is I would roll out Caruso, start – I would start Caruso and play him the entire first quarter and say you don't let Murray get a bucket. Yeah, it's got to be Caruso or KCP. That's the best – that's the most logical matchup. Who do you – who does who does the Nuggets have to guard LeBron James though? I mean – or at least, you know, be a formidable matchup. It's it's tough. It's not it's not yeah, a great list. There, there's nobody. I, I mean – and the, th- the thing with well, LeBron like the is you heat, can't if double If the Heat him. and the Lakers play, like you got, you know, Jimmy, you got Iggy, you got Bam, you got different dudes you can try at LeBron. Right, right. And the thing Jay with LeBron Crowder. is you can't double him because he's he'll just do what Jokic did to you. Right. But the scarier thing is when you don't double him, it's easier for him to get yeah. his than Jokic, especially, dude. When LeBron's hitting step back threes and shit, like it's it's that's usually a game they win. When LeBron hits, I want to see the stat on that. When LeBron hits more more than one step back three, what's their his team's winning percentage? That'd be a crazy stat, dude. That would be <laughs> it's high. That'd be some advanced stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um. um so I I see Lakers in six. Uh, I, I think it'll that, be. Too. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver wins game one. Um, the Lakers ha- have kind of been given away these first games, not intentionally, just because I think it takes them a little while to figure it out. But Vogel and LeBron's mind come together after game one and can kind of figure out, okay, this is what the team's trying to do. But Mike Malone's probably going to make better adjustments to their previous matchups. Anthony Davis has been horrendous in game ones. Both yeah. game ones, he's absolutely, I think he scored lower than 15 points in both game ones and taking like, like five shots between the two. Or after something. I just said, I trust me, give me 25 a night. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, <laughs> He, I, I texted it to you guys or maybe somebody else, but I didn't get to talk about it on the show. I said he won't be able to do this against the Clippers. I think that he could do it against the, the Nuggets and get away with it. Okay. Um, but he won't be able if dude, if a super hot Boston Celtics or a super hot Miami Heat go to make it to the finals, he won't be able to do it against them. He can't. He can't continue to just throw away game ones. Yeah, I agree with that. 
So what's your what's your prediction? Uh, Lakers in six. I'll take that too. Okay. Okay. Let's transition to the East. Um, last time we spoke, we were at 2-0 in the Raptor series. You were feeling a little bit nervous. Um, they tied up 2-2. Probably feeling pretty good at that point that you're going to win two out of the next three, I would assume. Because um, I know, you, you know you've know you been back in this Toronto team where J-Mac and I felt pretty good about the Celtics' chances. And a good game seven. Um, I think we learned a lot about Tatum in this series. I think he's their guy over Kimba at this point, for better or worse. Um, but, I mean, game seven, just tough last possession, quite frankly, for Van Fleet. Um, neither him or Lowry shot well or scored well. None of the none of their players really shot that well that entire series. Ibaka did. He didn't get a lot of playing time, though. It, it was a weird series for Toronto. And I think the better team won at the end of the day. And this is, you know, a team, they had Hayward. They're certainly the better team. Yeah, um, you're right. That A lot of what we saw was scoring by committee and just clamps on defense. And to be honest with you, Lowry was fantastic. Lowry was I mean, did the shit out of, out of Kimba. Yeah. Which and we, we knew that was going to be a problem, but I knew that those guys were going to shoot bad percentages with Marcus Smart and, and, and Jalen Brown in the mix. And you called that on Van Lee for sure. And I, I, I thought I wasn't as convinced. I was a little bit concerned, but you were exactly right. Um, uh, this is going to sound crazy. I still think Toronto is the better team, but Siakam shit the bed. Siakam shit the bed, but maybe we're just riding, buying too much Siakam stock. That's, and here's the thing. That's true. Let, let's, here's the thing. With that, with Hayward in there, there's no chance they're a better team. It, that's true. And I'll, if we would have gotten regular season Siakam, they would have won in six. So, yeah, I, I feel you. With Hayward in there, there's no way that they're the better team. Right. Um, regular season Siakam, they are far and away the better team. But they they both had chances to win it, and Boston just did it. Like Tatum was unbelievable, dude. And and you're and I'm buying on Tatum. Yeah, um, his game is his skill set is elite. Yeah, yeah. His athleticism, as we discussed earlier, is is good. It's fine. It's not elite, um, but his skill set, his coordination at his length is incredible. Yeah. Definitely. And he can score at all three levels. Like he's got a mid-range game. He's a good enough three-point shooter, and he can get to the basket unless Bam happens to be in the way. Um, he can get to the basket. Do you think that they'll be able to beat Miami? I do, and we'll, we'll get there. I do. Uh, I think that was a crucial loss, though. Um, but in that in that series, I really like. I've been buying a lot of Tatum stock, but that was just like where you're just like, I'm never selling this thing until I retire. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. it's just, it's just so, so good. and so pure. Um, Have you come around to my comparison, my NBA player comparison? Yeah. So your player comp for him is Luca, which I think is crazy. You convinced me a little bit more on it. I just think that he's a better natural scorer, And I think Luca's a better passer. Um, I think he's poor man's KD, which I, I don't think you're off that take either. I think he's 85% no, yeah. of KD. Which is great. <laughs> Can we mix them together and say that he's half KD, half Luca? Sure. So let me tell let me tell why I'm, I think that he's a lot. I don't like Luka. player comps when the body types don't match, though. I have a hard, I have an issue with that. Whatever. You're all about just skin color. He's he's not. <laughs> he's not Steve Nash he's, compared he's to Luca. He's a mix. Dude, of, it always uh, cracks me uh, up Luka when you have it. Yeah, you always have it. God dang it. It always cracks me up whenever you have a, a prospect coming out of um, college. It's a white prospect. And they'll go back and they'll be like, come NBA player cop like Steve Novak. And it'll be like, nobody compare. He'll, he'll be an athletic dude. Like they'll compare Caruso to Steve Nash or something. Like yeah. That. They don't play anything alike. They just have to be the same color. Right. But um, 
For me, the reason why I like Luca is they're both Tatum is not as athletic as I think that we thought he was whenever he dunked on LeBron. But if you go back and look at that, he had a runway. It wasn't like he was getting up in the middle of traffic to go and yam on LeBron. He had a runway and it was a running like like up up and LeBron was turning around and trying to get up get up with him. It wasn't six nine with a seven two wingspan. Yeah, yeah. And and but you don't see him he doesn't play above the rim though. His vertical is thirty two and a half inches. That's literally what mine is. Like that's not a great vertical. He's just six nine with a seven two wingspan, which yeah, I'm not going around your thirty two inch vertical, whatever, Kyle. But <laughs> that's downplaying um, a little bit. I'm trying to be nice. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I know that you have a, you're walking around with a forty. Um, <laughs> he's just not. He doesn't play above the rim. Neither does Luca. They're both extremely cagey and extremely crafty. Um, they finish not below the rim, but at the rim. And they also like Tatum's a better shooter. Um, Tatum is also seeing and making reads, especially this last series that Luca makes significantly faster, but he's making the reads that are like, okay, I see, I see that this guy's open, but then to the right, he sees somebody else cheating on. He's making multiple rotation reads and getting it to the right player, which I can see Tatum even averaging throughout his career, not throughout his career, but eventually one year averaging eight assists a game because he's making the right reads his to be able to do that. His playmaking is getting better. Yeah. His playmaking significantly better, and that's something that KD does not have. KD cannot make more than one read, and I completely attribute that to him playing in Scott Brooks' system for the first eight years of his career. But Hey, that might change with Steve Nash. Do what? It might change into Steve Nash, though. Yeah, yeah that's might true. Really get that out of him. Um, uh, God, yeah, I, scary, dude. I, do, I do think – I do think – it's J- it's J- uh, Jason Tatum's team at this point. I think Jalen is such a great number two because I would consider him the number two over Kimba because what he brings on the defensive, defensive side of the ball, side. what he brings on the rebounding. Like, he's just such a great fucking athlete, dude. He he's, can really guard one through four, like, truly. Yeah, he's not the number two option, but he is the second best player on that team. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, he's had some bad shooting nights, but he keeps shooting. He doesn't ever look like he's losing his confidence. Like, I, I really that's just. A big deal. I'm big on I'm I'm all in on Jalen Brown too, not as like a a, a superstar, but as like a a fringe all star. Good, you can win a championship with him being your second best player, and he's going to be a great locker room guy. Um, so they clean that series up. I think Toronto just probably runs it back next year. They're going to have to do a look. They're going to lose a couple of contracts. Or, you know, they got to see if they're going to keep Van Fleet. Van Fleet's a big one. Yeah. You know, a, a few things, but I think they'll be in the mix next year as a top four or five seed in the East um, for sure. You look at the Miami-Milwaukee series, man, like, what do, what do you do here if you're Giannis? I'm not surprised by this. You and Justin, I know, were surprised. Um, and I think you, after probably game two, were like, oh, shit. Like, because yeah. I just I just saw so much more heart, so much more dog um, in, in the heat. And they just never looked like they were intimidated by the Bucks at any point in time. And everyone of the Bucks was just looking at Giannis like, hey, dude, when are you going to bail us out? But it's not the regular season. Uh, it doesn't go like that. And Spo is – coach fucking circles around bud which is not surprising dude, yeah bud's freaking horrendous dude um but i still think i'm an okc <laughs> um <laughs> I, there's rumors have you heard the rumors about Giannis changing his name no Giannis onto toronto ah, okay. ah, good one right because he's gonna go to toronto uh that would be crazy dude that would be immediate favorites but oh my god you would have toronto jerseys you'd be just dude, i would be uh, like I'd move you'd, have a Nick, you'd have you just have Nick Nurse fatheads all over your house. That'd be your new home decor. <laughs> Can you imagine what Gian, Giannis would average fifty points a game if he had Nick Nurse? Fifty points, twenty five rebounds. I feel like that team wouldn't win a championship. 
He needs a second player that's better. Don't shake your head at me. With Kyle Lowry, he's the second him? best. No, with somebody that's uh, uh, he needs his number two that is an elite player. Not oh, okay. a Kyle Lowry, not a Chris Middleton. Being Richard he Jefferson. Needs, he needs an AD, a D Wade, a fucking Kyrie, a, a Clay, like he, a KD. Like he needs somebody like that, dude. He can't look he at the teams that are winning championships right now. In the last ten years, who's won a championship besides the Spurs and the Mavs that didn't have you know two elite players, right? Like you can't just do it with. There's too much talent in the league now because there's more talent in the league now than there was six years ago when the Spurs won or five years ago. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Giannis needs to never, ever start an offensive possession that isn't a fast break outside of 15 feet. He's doing too much, and this is Coach Bud. They're doing too much of starting the possession by having Giannis dribbling at the top of the key. And, like, I get that he has the ability to run downhill, but whenever you do that, you take him, you take the pressure off the defense until he starts, and then they can just, quote-unquote, build the wall. Um he, you can't build a wall against a guy that catches the ball at 15 feet or at the at the high post. You can't build a wall against that dude. He just spins and dunks. So, I I agree. He needs to be able to spread the floor. He probably he may need to move to true five. Can I throw you, a trade proposal that? out there for you? Yeah. Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap. Eat that contract. Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, and three firsts for Giannis. Do you do it? Who am I? Who am I? If you're if you're uh Milwaukee. Three firsts? Yeah. I think that's what it's gonna take. Because I think Giannis is gonna leave. So I think you do it. It's the A D thing, right? Like you know he's gonna leave. Yeah. Although it's not as certain that he's gonna leave. Yeah, he uh, just, he's he's supposed to meet with the uh front office next week and discuss what uh, what changes he wants them to make. So it's either going to be what, a... What Chris Middleton's uh, PED structure will be? Make him <laughs> yeah, a, a true right. number two? Dude, that guy does that, that guy does not look like a NBA player. Chris Middleton I think played fine. He played fantastic. He averaged 20 points. Yeah, he played points. fine. Yeah, 20 I've points. I've shit all over Chris Middleton. I have to take it back. He played fine. Also, he was snubbed hard for the th- all-NBA team this year. Do you know why? No. Westbrook and Ben Simmons both got in over him but had less <laughs> votes. Less ben Simmons place. deserved it. Westbrook did not. He had Westbrook two good months. Not. Chris Middleton's votes were split between guard and forward. Otherwise, he would have gotten third team. Mm, mm, Isn't that, that sucks, crazy? Dude. Yeah, dude, that really That's wild. Sucks. Go yeah. back to that trade, though. Do you do that if you're Denver? You have Giannis and Jokic. Dude, I think both those teams, they know. Okay. Just because of the makeup. Like, if Jokic... Giannis I'm trying Jokic, to find... I need to find ways to work another star onto Denver without sacrificing either of the others. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think they have to and I don't think they can. It'd be hard. Plus we're outside of the Golden State Warriors era. We don't necessarily need three superstars. And those two guys True. will be superstars. And Jokic Yes. Murray maybe Jokic not so is, much but Jokic, Jokic is a superstar. Yo, yeah, I was gonna say Murray not so much, but Jokic will be a player that he doesn't have to score to make everybody else better. Yeah, he can go twenty twenty one and be fine. Yeah, which is still fine, but still scoring. But yeah, so in that Milwaukee series, though, I mean, dude, so many. I'm seeing so many things from Miami. Like Jimmy Butler doesn't have to score more than twenty points to be a great player. Like his his defense, his leadership, his 
yeah. ability to make shit happen at the end of games, which has always been there, right? Like it happened in Philly, it happened in Chicago, it happened in Minnesota. Like that dude's been clutch before, um, just not in, in as big of a role. Uh, I think having guys like Iggy on there, that even though he's not playing very much, is big. Jay Crowder, like he was guarding Le- Jay Crowder uh, out of his mind. He was playing yeah. Giannis, guarding Giannis most of the time, and he's hitting open shots. Um, Bam is showing me that he's. He's probably not a superstar, but he's a legit all-star. Like that dude is sig- a significant piece to that puzzle. And I'm watching Tyler Harrow just turn into, uh, I mean, he's 20 year old, six, five skinny white dude. And he looks incredible out there. His confidence is through the roof. Um, he might be the best Caucasian American player in the league right now. That dude is out, playing out of his mind. And, uh, we're not counting Jokic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was listening to uh, Simmons and, uh, and uh, Rosillo, and he said, you know, Dragic, because they're talking about how tough Dragic was. They're like, that guy had a submachine gun at nine. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the Heat are who the Clippers were supposed to be. They're the dogs that the Clippers were yep. were made out to be. Um, but the Clippers acted like they were all year, and Miami just kept kept going, just staying steady, working hard, and uh, not, letting, not letting their ego get to them or getting ahead of themselves. That's exactly right. Um, I... I and I, this is what the part where I eat crow big time because I, for the entire – from the moment that we started talking about the playoffs, I said Miami's scoring comes too much from the young guys. Dude, I had no idea that Tyler <laughs> Hero would be so flipping. He's, he's, he's going to be Stephen Curry. Like, he's unbelievable, dude. Dude, and the he three has, he pulled in the game last night was just – so you got nuts to take that because if you miss it, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? That guy's a 17 year veteran right now. Like he has the mindset of that years guy. Old. That's insane, dude. He's he's like him and Duncan Robinson. If Duncan Robinson can learn how to play defense, they will be Clay and Steph. They're the exact same players. Yeah, yeah, and their their shooting is is close to that level. Yeah, it's by dude. far the closest thing that we have in this league. And it's it's just a unique team though, right? Because like, okay, so you have these two great young scores and three point shooters. You got a veteran in Jimmy who's really in his peak. He's a two-way player, more of a mid-range ga- guy, can hit the three. Bam is just this this freak. I don't you can call him a five. He's just a big, but he has touch around the rim. Like he's actually more skilled than I realized. Yeah, he does. He, he won the Taco Bell defender. championship or challenge a couple <laughs> years ago. That's crazy, and he can he moves his feet so well. He has such great anticipation. He has all these intangibles in the paint that you just can't teach. It's just it's just natural. Um, you got guys like Crowder and stuff like that, but then you got Dragic, who is you know their their second option on some nights and their fifth option on other nights, which is fantastic because he can average twenty points a game on any yeah. team. Yeah, it's just a de- it might, is it the best one through eight or nine? Is it the best rotation that's left in the playoffs? Because I don't even think it's close. It's left in the playoffs, yeah, yeah. I would. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't trust anybody on the Lakers under LeBron and AD. Man, I don't. know. I, I've liked the Lakers from the beginning, um, but uh, but their three through their three through eight is not better than Miami's three through eight. No, yeah, I agree with that. I, I think, yeah, now that Toronto's out, yeah, I think so. <laughs> you just love that Toronto team, dude. Man. I don't, I don't. That's they're so deep, dude. And they, I mean, Norman Powell should, could have won Sixth Man of the Year. Norman like, Powell could start on a lot of teams. I was yeah. wondering why he wasn't getting more PT. Um, I digress. So let's let's wrap it up here. Let's talk real quick. Game one last night, uh, Miami Boston. I thought Boston had that game in the bag. I mean, they had that game in the bag, and I think they had to win that. I just don't see them coming back from that. I think it was a deflating loss. Um, it was very. 
very difficult to watch because I'm rooting for Boston in this. I like Tatum. I'm in on this Boston team. I really like Kimba too. I like Jalen. Uh, I like Brad Stevens. J Max and Boston guys. So I, I kind of want to see them win. But um, I like Jimmy too. So I, I really don't care who comes out of the East. But I was rooting for him and just watching this. Like Kimba was just fucking terrible through the first three quarters. I'm like paying this guy thirty mil, thirty or forty mil. He's supposedly healthy. He's just missing shots and. Tatum was fantastic until the end. Um, he really looked young at the end. There was a lot of bad mistakes, a lot of forcing it. I didn't like the final shot that he got off in regulation, step right. back three. You know, I think you can get a better shot. Even if it's a mid-ranger, you just need a bucket. You know, it doesn't matter. Now is not the time to get mad about taking an 18-footer. You know, get the best shot you can. Um, and I think he settled a lot at the end of that game and had some bad turnovers. He had the foul on Jimmy, which was a tough call. I didn't think that was a foul um, for that and one, but – I don't think they're going to bounce back from this. So I'll tell you, I would have picked Boston in seven. I'm going to flip that to Miami in six based on what I saw out of that game, even though Boston looked better for 45 minutes. I'll take Boston in seven. Um, I, okay. I, and that's all. I, I think if there were deflated. any other team besides these two teams, I would choose, I would choose the other two. I would choose the Bucks and the Raptors over these two teams. This is, here's what we're looking at right now. This is when people tell you me. You still that this think is, that's the Eastern Conference Finals matchup? Is Bucks yeah, right. Is Bucks Raptors? When people tell me that this is a star-driven league and all you have to do is get superstars, like I, I'm like, look at what we're looking at right now. The two most talented teams aren't in the Eastern Conference Finals. But does the, the two best have coaches anything are. to do with that? Does the bubble have anything to do with that? I no. I think it's all coaching. And I think Boston is the second best team in the East, talent-wise. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think, think Milwaukee's first. I think it's who I just said, Milwaukee and Toronto. I think I Toronto's also, third. I also think Nick Nurse is a better coach than Brad Stevens. Um, mm. I think he's close. It's, yeah, but, I mean, it, it, the fact that Milwaukee, dude, they were running freaking pick and rolls against the zone, bro. Like, that's like grade school level coaching. That's horrendous. But anyways, I digress. I'm taking Boston in seven. Um, I think that it's absolutely a toss-up. Like, if you put a gun to my head and said to put money on a series in, in the playoffs, I would. there's that's no way one I would bet on. Yeah, not yeah, the yeah. one I would bet on. So after last night's game, Heat's odds to win the finals plus four hundred, Boston plus five fifty. Boston feels like probably the best value there because Lakers are minus two hundred. You're yeah, not really getting a lot of value there. Are... I, I know the NBA wants to see a Boston and, and LA finals, right? Dude, I wonder how the NBA feels right now with their right. Dude, the ratings are bad, bro. They're like down forty percent, and this is some of the best basketball I've ever seen. That's that's what's shitty is, is people are missing good basketball, but we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see how it affects the uh, the. I don't know how the CBA works exactly, but how it's going to affect the the deals um, with the TV networks and how it's going to affect the play. But it's sad to see that it's down. It's sad that the reason it's down for the reason it's down. But uh, I agree. There's just been great hoops on, and I'm loving yeah. it every night. Yeah, but. Me too. We need to get a more of a cadence. That was a lot to wrap up in one episode. So let's get back here um, in, in the next four or five days. Let's talk about where we're at with these Eastern Conference, Western Conference finals, see how our predictions are looking. Um, hopefully, J-Back will be able to join us next time. Final takeaway for this is uh, I'm surprised that you're taking Boston. I really thought you were going to take Milwaukee or take Miami after they took uh, took Milwaukee down. Yeah, I think that they will win, but I'm just going against you. Okay, that's what I figured. You just keep doubting Miami, and it's like Jimmy Butler's gonna—he's a son no, of a bitch. No, I, 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 
if you wouldn't have said Miami, for, like whatever team, because it's such a toss-up, whatever team you went with, I was going to go with the opposite just to make it more interesting. Because we both had the Lakers in six. That's I'm not. I'll be damned if I have a boring show where we just agree with each other and suck each other's wiener all day. We're just going to yell at each other like Skip and Shannon. We, we should just change this to Skip and Shannon or Skip and Stephen A. The original yellers. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, hopefully we're, we got the full crew in here next time. It was good to talk to you, man. Uh, you guys go uh, go follow us Sensibly Loud on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, listen to us on the break. Download and subscribe. Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you want to go. Uh, until next time. Later, Josh. Yeah. Peace.